tonight let your word come forth let it mix with faith in our hearts that it accomplish what you intend in us tonight in the name of Jesus Christ we thank you Lord we thank you Lord we thank you Lord praise God praise God it's good to have brother John Stone with us tonight amen appreciate my brother so much I know the Lord is going to use him and so I'm asking you to receive him and let the Lord have his way. Amen. 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 Brother Johnson, please. God bless you. You may be seated. It's so good to be here tonight in the presence of the Lord that is here to help us. Aren't you thankful the Lord loves you? When we look to the word of the Lord, um, this is the book of life. Uh, this is the instruction manual to life. When I have a need or I'm facing something or I'm going through something or I just simply need an answer, the Word of God is there for us. And so when we understand the importance of our Bibles and why God gave them to us, it becomes important. The Bible is filled with biblical principles. And uh, we find our lives extremely blessed when I will line my spirit up with the principles of the Word of God. What happens so many times in our walk with God, if we are not careful, we want to be in charge. And I'm going to do it my way, and, uh, and this is what I'm going to do. And, of course, God allows you to do that, and it'll crash and burn. But uh, he will allow you to go down that road uh, again many times to get your attention to say, that's not my principle. That's not how I operate. I don't work in that realm. And so we, we have to understand that, that God has given us principles. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9 tonight, um, is where I want to start. And I want to just say it's so good to be here with all of you tonight, and uh, especially um, all the ministry that is here. God bless you. Uh, you're brave because you got me here. <laughs> But uh, we are blessed. So good to see Brother Dan, Brother Martin. Once you know, he's doing a really great job on Monday nights with anger management and ministering to all of the people. Doing a good job. He paid me $5 to say that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he is. It's great. I believe many souls will be harvested through it. There's, there are so many scriptures that are revelatory, the revelation of them. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, it says, For you are bought with a price. You are no longer your own. If we could somehow wrap our mind around that. When I repented in the altar, wherever that altar was at, whatever night that happened or daytime that happened, when I repented of my sins, I yielded myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and in that, we told the Lord, okay, I'm tired of being in charge of my life because I have made a mess out of it. So I'm turning my life over to you, Jesus, that you would somehow make something out of this lump of clay. 
because I've made a lot of mistakes, hurt a lot of people along the way, but I see there's a better way, and I want to live that way. If you would ever come to the place of just total surrender, I don't belong to myself. Whatever God is asking me to do, I need to yield to that. Why? I don't belong to me. It's not about me anymore. It was all about me before we came to God. But when I come to him and I repent and I understand that, that there's a yielding to God that's got to take place of my entire life. How I live, how I talk, what I do, where I go, who I'm around. It's, it's life changing. I question sometimes, why did you come to God? I thought we came for change. I thought we were tired of how we were living. I, I thought we were tired of what life was doing to me and how it was treating me. And, and somebody witnessed to me and said that Jesus loved me and he cared about me. And if I would give my life to him, he would help me make the changes I need to make. He's not going to ask you to make change on your own. He's here to help us make those changes. And, and I understand it, it's a lifelong journey. I'm not going to get there tonight. But I can take a step tonight. I can make a commitment tonight. I can make a dedication tonight if I need to and say, God, help me in this area of my life because I need this in my life. And I want this for my life. Uh, uh, not a whole lot means too much to me other than my walk with God. Just where it's at. I'm, I'm at the age things just don't interest me. But that's all they are. Isn't it interesting how many storage units they're building for all the people's things? <laughs> I work at a storage unit. I know. And it's 100% full, both of them. And we're looking to build one twice the size of the one we're in to help people store their things. And I'm wondering financially, is this even smart? Because <laughs> you're paying 100 bucks a month for a unit. You're storing some boxes and odds and ends. And uh, I'm thinking, man, that would probably been better to go into Goodwill. <laughs> but but you got to, you know. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with nice things. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not interested in things. I'm interested in a move of God. I'm interested in getting close to Jesus. I'm interested in him speaking to me and talking to me and ministering to me. I don't know how you feel, but I, I feel extremely blessed tonight that God would choose me. Come on, he, you didn't choose him. You didn't wake up one day and say, I think I'll live for God today. That's not how that went down. He dealt with you. He said, I'm choosing you. you. You've been living a life that is ungodly and, and, and you're miserable, but I've got a better life for you and my call is on your life. I'm calling you to serve me, calling you to walk with me. And it was, I yielded to what God was trying to do in my life. So again, it becomes important. I want to deal tonight a little bit uh, on the subject of the laws of sowing and reaping. Okay. And I'm going to use a word tonight and, uh, this is what the Lord gave me. Brother Hart actually asked me to, um, what, three, four weeks ago, to come and uh, invited me to come. And uh, I'll be honest with you, till last week I had nothing. Now, I could have come and taught something, but I really wanted to find the mind of God. I just wanted to know, God, how can we help somebody tonight? How can we make a difference in somebody's life? Because we're dealing with the eternity of souls. 
I honestly believe that every service must count between here and the rapture of the church. There can't be one service that we just say, well, let's just have fun tonight. Let's just come and just be here. No, no, no. God, let, get us into your word. Help us learn to walk with you and to live an overcoming and a victorious life. I, I want to make the rapture of the church. I want to be in that group when it comes. But he's coming back for a church without spot, without blemish, and without wrinkle. Uh, he told me to occupy till he comes. So he wants me about my father's business. And, and so we got to realize I didn't come to God for rest and relaxation. I, I didn't come to God because it would bless me financially and it would be good. I came because God, what can I do for you? You've done so much for me. How could I give back to the work of the kingdom of God? How could I make a small difference somewhere in a man, a woman, or a child's life somewhere? The law of sowing and reaping. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The next verse helps us. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption. If I sow my behavior, my attitude, uh, my uh, non-biblical principles, uh, I, I'm going to reap them back. Whatever I sow, I get back. Okay? Now, notice what he goes on to say. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So it's going to be up to you and I. What am I going to sow seed to? To my flesh? To this world? To the things of this world? Or am I going to sow seed into prayer? Am I going to sow seed into the Word of God? Am I going to sow seed into the lives of people? Am I going to teach a Bible study? Am I going to do a small group? Am I going to get involved somewhere? Where is my seed going? Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want to deal with a word tonight in the laws of sowing and reaping called deception. I'm going to teach on deception because it's a, it's a law of sowing and reaping. And I, I have to understand that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. He sees everything. I cannot fool God. I can fool the preacher. I can fool my brothers and sisters in the Lord, but I cannot fool God who sees everything. So I have to understand there, there is deception. The Bible said that whatsoever things were written aforetime in, in Romans 15 and 4 were written for my learning. So there are some principles written in the Old Testament that we're going to look at tonight. Now, I believe that the Old Testament, uh, in, in my opinion, so much of the Old Testament is, is deals with flesh. Deals with living for God. It's a principle of how you live your life. Uh, if you, if you, we're going to deal with Jacob tonight. He was a con artist, and, and he reaped that. It kept coming back to him, and, and it's like, what's going on here, God? Well, that's what you're sowing. You're sowing to your flesh, and, and you're going to reap that right back. You're trying to fool me, but you can't fool me. So he's going to help us. Now, let's, let's look at the word deception tonight and, and the definition of it. It means to be misleading. I can be deceptive without telling an out-and-out -out lie. See, deception can be a half-truth. That's why deception can sometimes be easy to pass off. Because there's a little bit of truth in it, and there's just enough truth in it that I think I can get him to believe my lie. 
See, it's deception. It also gives a false impression. So deception is something that, that, that I, I am trying to give somebody the impression that I'm doing something that I'm not. Okay? It's deception. It, 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 it's deception. I, I, I just, this is what I feel tonight. Okay, whether a statement or an influence uh, uh, action. So it, it's, it's it actions, it's influence, it's what I'm doing. Uh, uh, and, and again, uh, it also means to be intentional misleading. I'm intentionally misleading this person. Maybe I'm selling them a car that the transmission's going out. How's that thing run? Oh, it's good, man. It's great. But see, I know the transmission's going out, but I'm not going to be honest. I want to be misleading. That's why when I buy my next car, the transmission goes out. I sold it. I'm going to reap it. We don't have time tonight. But the Bible teaches us that the mercy that I give other people is the mercy God's going to deal with me in James chapter 2. The grace you give people, God's going to give that grace back to you. The kindness you show toward people because you're sowing it, guess what's going to come back to you? So we've got to understand I can't be mean, I can't be harsh, I can't be cruel. I've got to understand uh, if I treat people that way, no wonder people are screaming me at me at work. No wonder this is happening over here and people are exploding on me. Why? I sowed it. And I said, what's wrong with you? Why are you talking to me that way? Because you've been talking to others that way. So when you can understand the law of sowing and reaping, and I want to please God. I, I want to walk with God where I am pleasing in his sight. So how I treat people and how I talk to people and how I represent him everywhere I go becomes important. Becomes important. So, again, it's, it's learning how it works. In, in Luke 24, 45, the Bible talks about there, and, and it, uh, Jesus is dealing with his disciples before he ascends up. But the Bible said there, and God opened their understanding. God opened our understanding tonight. Uh, help us see this, that, that this is real, that this is something that, that, that that's a biblical principle that affects every part of my life. Can I just use the word tithing for a minute tonight? See, in the law of sowing and reaping, if I'm faithful to God, God's faithful to me. If I'm not faithful to God, my car's going to break down, the washing machine's going to quit, the microwave's going to blow up. Hey, he's going to get it one way or the other. So you can just kind of figure out, I think I'm going to give it and keep my car running. I'm going to give it and keep things rolling. Why? Because it's the law of sowing and reaping. It's obedience to God. And so much of what we do is simple obedience to God. So, again, it's something that we learn to work on. Now, the Bible's going to give us a lot of illustrations, but let's go to Genesis 3 and 13, and let's deal with Adam and Eve. And uh, Eve has already partaken of the fruit uh, that was not supposed to be taken, partaken of. She's given to her husband, Adam, and he has taken it, and they have gone, and they're hiding from God, and uh, they're in the garden there, and the Spirit of the Lord comes to them, and he begins to talk to them. And the Lord said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me. Now, if you look up the word beguiled there, it means he deceived me. There was deception. 
You know, he told me I'd be wise. He told me I'd be beautiful. He told me I'd be this and I'd be that. Well, how'd that turn out? So we have in the beginning with the first family deception. Now, this is the beginning of it, and it just snowballs from here as we begin to look into Scripture. I feel tonight what we've got to realize is uh, it's serious living for God. This isn't a game we play. This isn't something that we do that, you know, I feel good about myself, uh, you know, so I'm going to go and do this religious duty. No, no. This is a personal relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. This is one that flows through you and works in you and talks to you. Somewhere there's got to come a passion for the things of God. See, some people it's a pastime, while others it's a passion. It burns in their heart. It burns in their spirit. And I've got to get in the presence of God. God, I need your help. I need I need your guidance. I need your direction, God. I want to be used of you. See the passion that is there. Can you imagine in Luke 8 and 2, Mary Magdalene and, and the condition she was in when God found her? But oh, what a passion she got for God. What a desire to serve God. I'm going to be at the cross while the disciples are hiding out. I'm going to be the first one to the tomb. Where have you taken him? Where have you laid him? What drove her there? A passion for his presence. And she's reaping what she's sowing. She's investing into the kingdom, and God's investing in her. He said, we're going to write this down. I want this in the word. This passion, this drive to live for God. And, and, and again, uh, it, it, the passion helps me understand the importance of commitment. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it let me tell you something she let her heart get ahead of God's commandments or in the way of God's commandments we live in a generation that is so big on feelings and touchy feeling the Bible said the just shall live by faith never one time has he given me permission to let my feelings get in the way or, or to make anything based on my feelings uh, uh, a year or two ago, uh, things were stirred in my spirit and, and uh, dealing with the homosexual community. I, I just needed some answers of where's this come from because I know they're not born that way and read enough literature on that to know that, that the doctor said that's not true at all, the, the people that do it at all. And, and what, I, what I begin to learn is it's from the heart. Because the heart's deceitful and wicked above all, and who can know it? And I think uh, I'm a boy, but I really am a girl. And what? what's going on? The heart's lying to you. You're walking by feeling instead of looking in the mirror. No, I'm a man. I'm going to act like a man, walk like a man, talk like a man, dress like a man. But I've let my heart, because out of the heart proceeds all these adulteries, fornication, and evil. So I've got to realize he didn't ask me to let my feelings get in the way of the word of God. So we begin to realize, I learned to walk by faith. What God asked me to do, I simply want to be obedient to God and to do it, okay? So again, we, we have to realize that heart is wicked. You want to make me nervous? Just come up to me and say, I just feel in my heart. <laughs> I'm going, oh boy, here we go. 
that thing's wicked, and you're, you're telling me you're going to let? Now, if you come up and say, I've been praying, and the Lord dealt with my spirit, now we can have a conversation. But, but if you're going to say, my heart, my heart, my heart, why do people walk out of a marriage and, and, and run off with another woman? Because somewhere they let something get in their heart that should have never got in their heart. So again, we have to understand there's, our, there's biblical principles and feelings doesn't get to play in the role. Let's go to Genesis 37, 31 through 33. Uh, I want to deal with uh, Joseph for a minute and, of course, his father Jacob and his brothers. Um, we don't have a lot of time tonight, but in this story, we're already far enough down the line that they have uh, put him in a pit, taken him out of the pit, sold him to a slave caravan, and he's on his way to Egypt, okay? And where I want to pick up the story is where the boys took his coat of many colors, and they ripped it all up, and then they found a kid goat, and they killed the goat, and they put the blood all over uh, the, the coat, and now they're bringing it to their dad, okay? Everybody say deception. deception. See, deception's everywhere. Somewhere we got to learn to love truth. When I fall in love with truth, I'm not going to walk in deception. Why? Because I have a greater love for truth. And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, This we found. Now know whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, this is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. Now, we've read this story and we know it's not true. Can I tell you that you can't believe everything you see? You know, people say, seeing's believing. <laughs> Better be careful. Because that coat of many colors was a lie. That coat of many colors was deception. That boy was alive. But those brothers wanted to deceive their father and what they had really done. See, but we don't get away with this. The, you know, we, we think, okay, boy, dad bought in. Boy, that was close. No, no, not even close. It is easier to believe deception when you don't want to believe the truth. When your pastor preaches and ministers to you and you say, I don't know about that. Be careful. Be careful because the word's the word. And if I'm not careful, I'll make up excuses why I don't want to live that way, behave that way, or do whatever. Be careful. I've, I've just walked into deception. And that deception is going to take me places I never dreamed it would. How in the world did I get here? I was deceived back here, and I let that spirit of deception tell me I didn't need to listen to him. I didn't need to come under his authority. I didn't need to obey him, and, and I, I, now my life is a mess, and I'm back in jail, and I'm wondering what in the world's going on in my life. Well, we're going to trace it all the way back to here, the law of sowing and reaping. Self-deception is one of the saddest forms uh, for people who don't want to face the reality can sometimes convince themselves to believe that they know they know uh, that are not true. They convince themselves. 
I know this is true, but I don't believe it. I was in the seventh grade in a school that went through grades one through eight. I got this bright idea. I don't, well, it wasn't bright, but I got this idea one day that I could beat up every eighth grade boy. And in my mind, I had this figured out. I'd do this. And I, so I took the biggest one on first because I figured, you know, if I got him, the rest might run. <laughs> Folks, it didn't work out even close to what I had in my mind. I fought that dude twice, once one day and once the next day. He whipped me in seconds. I mean, it was over before it got started. But I convinced myself and lied to myself and deceived myself that I could do something I really couldn't do. We've all done this, folks. It may be a sin you really don't want to get out of your life. And so I tell myself, this is okay. My pastor just doesn't understand what I'm going through. He doesn't know what I'm dealing with. Yes, he does. That's why he preached the word of the Lord. And the devil is trying to get you to not listen to the word of God and to the man of God that's in your life. And I got to be careful because then the deception comes. Let's go to Genesis 27. We're going to back up just a little bit in this story. And uh, in verses 19 through 23, we're going to pick up Isaac. Uh, and this is Jacob and uh, Esau's father. Uh, Isaac is elderly. He is, um, doesn't know how much longer he's going to live. And so in this story, he calls his son Esau in, the eldest. It's time for the blessing. You're going to get you know, the property, the farm, the, the cattle, everything that goes with this is now going to be transferred to you. And he said, I, I want you to go and, you know, and get some venison and cook it like I like it. You know, the mushroom gravy and saute the onions and you, you know how I like it. And, and, but, but cook it all up and, and bring it back to me because I love that stuff. And, and I'm going to eat it and then I'm going to pronounce a blessing on you. Well, that's how the story starts. So Jacob said unto his father, let me back up. I want to go there because I got a verse that I want to give you in, in this chapter. Verse 6. Could we, could we change that? Chapter 27, verse 6. I'm going to give you a real caution here. Let's look at Scripture. And Rebecca heard all that was taking place in the tent. She heard. She eavesdropped on that conversation. And Rebecca spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak before the Lord, brother, saying, before thy brother Esau. Now, now catch this. Be careful, Mama. Who got all this problem started? She was way out of line. Way out of line. And she has no idea where this is going to take her. She has no idea the hurt and the pain that's just about to come in the years. Okay? Mama, be real careful. 
when you try to override your husband. Mama, be real careful when you come against your pastor. Come on, Mama, be real careful when you put everything in your I can do this. I'm going to take care. Be careful because now the law of sowing and reaping. Now, good. Now, remember, if I sow good seed, I get good crops. I get great. But if I sow this kind of seed, the trouble is this. You have no idea where it's going to take you. Had Rebecca known what was going to happen in the future, I got an idea. She wouldn't have done it. But see, somewhere I got to promote this boy. Somewhere I got to get him in front of everybody. See, this flesh, can you understand how that flesh is working? He's my boy. He, you know, he, that other guy, he, he's a hunter, and he comes in stinking, and dear God, he's hairy all over, and he's crude, and, you know, there's no mannerisms about him. But boy, Jacob, he's smooth tongue. That boy's slicker than a whistle, I'm telling you. What, that's the boy I want in front of God, and that's the one I want to promote. I thought promotion came from the Lord. I thought we got in and lived for God and just did what we could for God, and God puts us where he needs us. Mama, he doesn't need any help. That's all for free tonight. See, we get in the way of God. Okay. So let's jump ahead to verse 19. In this story, of course, you know, Jacob saying, whoa, 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 mama, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, my, my, my brother's hairy all over, and I, I don't even shave. <laughs> I don't even have a Bic razor. I mean, <laughs> this is not going to go down well. My, my brother's hairy all over. See, once the deception starts, now, now it's got to keep going to make this thing work so now he said well let, let's take the skin of the goat that's fresh there and let's wrap it around you so when you walk in the tent and, you, and if your father wants to feel your hands or your shoulders or whatever he'll feel that skin because he's got eye problems and he really can't see see the con game coming on there's a good chance he's wondering what's going to happen I, i'm just again it's a law of sowing and reaping and jacob said unto his father I am Esau, thy firstborn. I think his knees were knocking and his teeth were chattering. Do you realize if his father had found out it wasn't going to be good? It was not going to go well. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat my venison, that my soul may bless me. He's working on it, isn't he? And Isaac said unto his son, see, Papa's, what's going on here? Man, that was quick. Was that deer outside the tent when you walked out? I mean, did you nail that dude within 10 feet of the tent and get him skinned and get him cut up and get him in a frying pan and the mushrooms and the onions and all that? How'd you do that so quick? See, notice Papa's already saying, something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. I, I got a feeling when we get to heaven, God's going to say, you know how many things you blame me for? <laughs> you want to know how many things you said I blessed you over that wasn't me at all? See, we want to, God bless me. 
I just find it a little interesting in pastoral work that sometimes families that are struggling and not attending church faithfully and stuff, and you're trying to help them live for God, and you call them, how are you doing? Oh, great, we're doing great. Liar. <laughs> because you can't stay out of the house of God and do great. That doesn't work that way. If you stay in the house of God, you can do great. But if you're staying out of the house of God and you're missing church, going places you shouldn't go and doing things you shouldn't be doing, you're not doing great. But they always tell us they are. And Isaac said unto Jacob, come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. No, notice what's happening. There's something wrong here. This isn't quite right. Have you ever been around something that sometimes you just can't put your finger on it, but you just know there's something that's not quite right here? I know what you're telling me. I know the story you're feeding me, but it just ain't working. It's deception. Oh, there's an ounce of truth here and there in it, but it's not really the truth. Do you realize a half-truth is not the truth at all? You got to understand. And lies don't come in colors because people say, it's just a little white lie. And I asked him, I said, so when did God start doing colors with lies? This one's a green one. This is a little more than the white one, but, you know, it's not a bad one. I thought a lie was a lie was a lie. See, but in deception, see, we make an excuse for unacceptable behavior. And, well, I just deceived them a little bit. No, you deceived them completely. Not going to work. And Jacob went near unto Isaac and his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. There's just something not right here. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. Okay. We've got the deception started. Now I want to follow this through. Okay. Esau comes in not too long after this. Esau comes in with his venison and his mushroom gravy and his sautéed onions. And, I mean, it's, he's ready to rock and roll. And he sits down. He said, Dad, I got it. Got what? Who are you? Well, I'm Esau. Remember you said go out and get some venison and kill it, eat and cook it just like I like it and bring it to you. And, of course, now his father realizes I've been taken. I've been deceived. Jacob, that was him. I knew it was. I knew there was something wrong. Now catch this. What deceived Isaac? Feelings. He felt the animal skin. See, you can't let feelings get in the way. In fact, I teach when in, in the anger management stuff, I teach them when you have to make a decision, step away from your emotions. Because almost every time you make decisions in a, in a strong emotion such as anger, you're going to regret it. Because you didn't really think it through. You didn't realize this next step I take would land me in jail and, and, and a restraining order and all that would come with that. See, because I didn't, I didn't stop and think. So I teach, step away from your emotions, and, and what are the facts? What's going on here? What am I dealing with? What do I need to do? Do I just need to leave? 
Do we need to conversate? Can we conversate? Is this thing too, too much anger, too escalated, too high? Are they unwilling to listen? Where's this going to go? But if I keep, if I make this decision in my emotions, I'm like, you can't talk to me that way. You're not going to treat me that way. Oh, yeah. And then one thing leads to another, and then somebody throws a lamp, and somebody throws something else, and somebody pushes somebody, and then somebody gets to get in that little car with all the pretty lights. Do you know they make pink handcuffs? I had a guy tell me, yep. They put pink handcuffs on me and put me in that cop car and sent me off to jail. The fellowship is great in jail. Bed's awesome. I mean, I'll tell you, they, they, they buy the best in the business. Food is unreal. You better think before you. But see, when I let deception get in my way, I found out that bed is only a four-inch mattress <laughs> that's been slept on for years. So it's really about one inch left. And it's not on a spring cot. It's on concrete. And if you like privacy, that just went out the window. <laughs> See, because I didn't stop and say, okay, God, what do I need to do here? I let my emotion and my feelings get in my way, just like Isaac let his feelings get in the way when he knew better. I believe tonight that every one of us have done and said something that we knew better. But I'm saying it anyway. I'm doing it anyway. And then afterwards, like, oh, boy, I shouldn't have done that. We had a lady in anger management. She ended up in a divorce with a police officer. She calls him, and he won't answer the phone. So she's going to jump in her car, and she's got this gentleman. I don't know if it's a boyfriend or whatever, but gentleman. And he keeps telling her, he said, now, if you get in the car and go, nothing good's going to happen. I'm going to go tell him. And so he's trying to talk to her all the way. So she knocks on the door, and, of course, he comes to the, to the door, and she talks to him. When she turns around to leave because it's Christmas time, her sweater gets caught on the reef on the door. And his new girlfriend calls the police, and it's an assault charge. <laughs> and these voice of this young man, I tell you, if you go, something bad's going to happen. Because <laughs> you're mad, you're angry, and you're not going to be sensible. You're not going to be calm about anything. And she said, just my sweater. said, the police officer was embarrassed to write me an assault for charge. got to stop and think. Got to stop and think. We live in an interesting day, don't we? Okay. Uh, let's go to verse 43. Things get a little heated there. So Rebecca says, we got to get you out of here, man. Isn't that interesting that sin always makes you leave? Sin always causes you to run. Sin will never want you to stay and face your problem or deal with your problem. It will always want you to run from your problem because now i got to run the rest of my life till I stop and face my problem. You need to go to your Uncle Levi's house. Just lay low for a while and, and let Esau cool off. I mean, that guy, he's mad. I, I, I mean, he will chew you up and spit you out. In fact, he said, I'm going to kill him. 
So you get to Uncle Laban's house, and, and, and I'll call, call you in a, a week or two and get you back. Okay. Mama's boy. When he left that day, he never saw his mother again. He didn't make it back for 20 years. He only intended to be gone a little way, a little time. Please understand, sin will always keep you out there longer than you intended. Oh, I can handle this? Really? I can handle yeah, Really? Okay. How'd that work for you? Can't do it. Can't do it. Now there are boy, my boys, arise, flee, go to Laban. So he goes to his uncle Laban's house, okay? And uh, let's go to chapter 29. Laban has some daughters, Leah and Rachel. He gets there and, and he sees Rachel. It's love at first sight. And uh, it's like, Wow. You know, and, and, and he goes to the, his Uncle Laban, man, uh, what do I got to do to get her hand in marriage? We're well, going to have to work seven years. You got it, buddy. I mean, I'd work 70, but I don't, he didn't say that. But, but, you know, I mean, this guy's love struck. So it's just like, whoa. So the, he, he works seven years, and it goes really, really quick for him. And, man, he's excited. It's the wedding day. Like, everybody would be so excited on your wedding day. And so they go through their vows. They do the different things they do in, in that day. And he goes into the tent, and he lies there with, he thinks, his new wife. It is his new wife, but it ain't Rachel. It's Leah. Remember when I said, you reap what you sow? See, you sow deception, <laughs> and it's going to live in your house till you repent. Now, I don't stop here. This just gets better, okay? So he works another seven years to get uh, Rachel, and he gets Rachel, okay? Uh, now, it, it, uh, let's go to verse 23 through 25. Notice what he says here. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him, and he went in unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Ziphah, his maid, for a handmaiden. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. Don't you think that'd be a shock? <laughs> Whoa, where'd you come from? That would be, that'd be rough. Okay. <laughs> What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore hast thou beguiled me? Why would you deceive me with this? Hey, buddy, your name's deception. <laughs> you live for deception. I'm just going to give you back what you've been giving everybody else. How can we throw such a fit when we get beguiled? When we get duped. And we've been treating other people that way. But see, it's going to come back. I've got to be very, very careful how I handle that. Let's go to Genesis 31.7. I just want, can we just keep following this for a little while? Because I'm just trying to show you a principle of the law of sowing and reaping. And I have to understand my behavior and how I treat others and how I, how I, I, I treat God even in, in, in prayer and in, and in living my life is important. Your father hath deceived me and changed my wages ten times. 
that God suffered him not to hurt me. See, this thing just goes on and on and on because why? He's not getting a hold of the principle yet. He's still sowing to the flesh, and he's reaping from that flesh. We've got to understand that God wants me to walk in the spirit, live in the spirit of the living God. The Bible said in Romans, to whom I yield myself to, I've got to start learning to yield myself to God. Lord, what's your will for my life? What's your plan for my life? What do you want out of me today? See, somewhere there has to come that yielding to God. This is what I want to do, but what do you want me to do? There's the yielding to God. If it was easy to live for God, you couldn't get everybody in here. But there's times we've got to make hard decisions, don't we? Everybody else is going to the bar, but I'm not. Everybody else is going to this barbecue, but I know what's there. There's a bunch of drugs and alcohol and immorality. I'm not going. Well, they made fun of me, so they made fun of you when you were in the world. You didn't get too shook then. Why am I getting so upset when I get in the church? They call me Jesus Freak, Holy Roller, Soul Patrol. I remember in a sawmill, I was working at when I came to God. <laughs> there was a little bit of an incline goes up and around. Then the green chain was there. And my job at that time is anytime I hired a new guy, uh, I would break him in, whatever the job was. And I remember walking up around there with this new guy. And the guys on the green chain started hollering, watch out, watch out. He's a preacher. He's going to try to get you to go to church. Of course, the guy takes two steps away from me. <laughs> I said, oh, don't worry about them. Come on. Before that, they called me cowboy. I kind of learned they're going to call you names. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to tease you. You might as well please God. Come on, you might as well make up your mind. There's going to be a little persecution. There's going to be a little discouragement once in a while. There's going to be some things happen. But, you know, when you make up your mind, I'm here to serve the Lord. It's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. I don't know what the rest of you are going to do, but it's for me and my house. I honestly believe that why deception comes is because you haven't made up your mind. Come on, you need to love the Lord thy God with all your soul, with all your might, with all your heart, and with all your. See, somewhere I've got to make up my mind. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to do what's right. I may not win popularity contests all the time by doing what's right, but I know that God will bless me, and he'll bless my children. Do we understand tonight that as we as parents, if, if we're deceptive, our children are going to be deceitful? We understand this is generational. We understand it started with Rebecca, and now it's passing down to the children. Do we understand that why it is so important that I live an overcoming life? Because I'm sowing what I'm reaping. I don't know about you, but some of the greatest heartache you could ever face is if your children had to visit your children in prison. For some of us, that's more than we could comprehend, isn't it? The, the hurt and the pain of whatever crime they committed, whatever put them in prison and, and then having to go. My brother-in-law uh, raised two foster children. They were brothers, and one just got out of prison. Preacher's kids. Both of them been to jail and prison. This one did his second stint in prison for theft. I, I know it has to rip the heart of those parents out. Yeah. 
to go there and put money on the books and try to minister to them the word of God and, and that's what they do and, and try to encourage you you need to get back in church because what how you're living this is just going to keep following you only one of these days they're going to lock you up for some years and you're not going to be able to just get out please understand what you and I do I heard a saying years ago that what I do as a parent in moderation my children will do in excess Sometimes you got to kind of set that bar a little higher. Just understanding they may not want it that high. But if I can get it up here, maybe we can get it somewhere where it needs to be. Again, what I do in moderation, they will do in excess. Why? The law of sowing and reaping. So I have to be careful. Am I making any sense tonight? So, again, it's how I'm living my life really, really becomes important with this. So 20 years later, he returns to Esau, and we know that the Lord worked that out for him. We know that in Genesis 32, there was a prayer meeting that took place that made all of that possible. But God's going to help us. Amen? So we need to realize that we came to Jesus to get out of the world of deception. Drugs, alcohol, money, fame, sports whatever it may be there. But God wants to do something in our lives. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Nobody can do this for me. This is something I have to do myself. This is between me and God tonight. I have to do this cleanse ourselves I believe what he's talking about if there's something that I know that I'm not doing right in my walk with God let's correct it tonight if I've been a Jacob and I'm conning and scamming maybe I should repent say God have mercy on me tonight I don't want this for my children I don't want this in my grandchildren's life because I'm unwilling to submit to God and turn my life over to him completely I came to God in 1978 and made up my mind I'm going to change at the minimum three generations. Three generations. Starting with me and my wife when we give our life to the Lord. That was the first generation. Second generation would be my children to raise them in church and prayerfully live for God and love the work of God. And they do. Now I'm working on my third generation, which are my grandchildren. There were, no there were no grandma and grandpa in my life. They were alive, but they weren't in my life. Uh, in my three children, Nick, Kim, and Rachel, there are grandparents that were alive, but never in their life. Never, never come to see them. Didn't buy them presents at Christmas or birthdays and different stuff like that. My youngest daughter, Rachel, was graduating from high school and called her grandma and said, Grandma, uh, well, I want to invite you to my graduation. She lived 20 miles away. She said, okay, Rachel, I'll be there. Rachel bought a dozen roses, and Grandma never showed up, never called, never said a word. Talk about changing generations. 
Come on, you may be here and you've been hurt by life and you've been hurt by people who promised to love you and didn't love you. I don't have to accept that because when I came to Jesus, I come to make change in my life. That may be how I was treated, but that's not how I'm going to treat somebody else. I'm not passing this curse on. I'm not passing this lifestyle on. Somewhere I'm going to get a hold of God and I'm going to say, God, help me be the husband I need to be and the father that I need to be and the man of God that I need to be so that we can stop this. You know, where sin abounds, grace doeth much more abound. I don't care how bad it gets out there. The grace of God is greater, and you can raise your children in church, and they can love God, and your grandchildren can do it. you you got to make up your mind. It's going to start with you. Because if you don't, they won't. So I have to come to this place of, God, help me. I want to make the right decisions and. I want to do the right things because I don't want to pass on what I came to God to get out of my life. But we got to somewhere get a hold of God, don't we? God, sometimes I'm just stubborn, forgive me. God, sometimes I just don't want to listen, but God, clean my ears out tonight. Help me hear the voice of God. Somebody's sending a warning to my spirit and trying to help me tonight because, you know, I got this con going on right now. I got this game I'm trying to play, but God, you're convicting me tonight that I need to repent of this and this isn't going to work well. So, God, I'm asking you help me tonight. Help me, help me to change what I was thinking I was going to do and in my behavior and let me just love you with all my my heart and commit. Would you stand with me? Let's just lift our hands and worship the Lord for a minute. Could we do that? Lord, we love you tonight. God, you've been so kind, so gracious, and so wonderful tonight, God. Lord, I, I am so blessed and so thankful tonight, God. But God, sometimes I get crazy ideas in my head and Sometimes I listen to the wrong people, Lord. The people tell me, you don't got to do that. You got to live that way. But God, forgive me because I've let them influence me, God. And there's some deception that's come my way. But God, I realize tonight, I don't want to go down that road. But God, I want to serve you and love you tonight, God. Oh, God. Help us tonight, God. Help us tonight, God. I can't do this on my own. I need your help. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me tonight. Strengthen me tonight, God. Help me tonight, Lord God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. This altar's open if you want to come pray. Come on. This is eternal tonight. The decisions you make tonight could affect three generations of your family. The decision you make tonight could change everything. Oh,
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we thank him together right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your love toward us. Thank you for your word to us. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I, uh, I'm remembering walking through a garden with my grandfather. Probably one of the more precious memories of my life. And I don't know that I necessarily ask a question about it or something, but I, I just remember, I don't know all the details, I was little, but I just have this memory of knowing that he didn't plant the same thing in the same row every year. There was, he, would, he would change it. It was just a, I say just a, to him it was a small garden. It was two acres. But um, my grandmother, till the day she died, almost complained about him putting that garden so far from the house on their 40 acres. But uh, anyway, I, I, I reflect on the different things planted there in that garden. And, and I remember him doing different things at different times. And, you know, the scripture says that we understand things that aren't seen by the things that are seen. And so... This principle that Brother Johnstone has ministered to us tonight. Reflect on that. and I, There were times, even with the meticulous care he gave it, he still had to go in and root things out. My grandfather was pretty meticulous about his garden. I mean, even when you were picking the fruit, he was meticulous. He, man, I... It was a while before he'd trust me with his pocket knife cutting okra because he didn't want me to mess up the okra plant when I cut it wrong. He was particular. But when a season was over, he had to go through and dig some things up to prepare for more planting. You know, when we transition seasons in our life from an old life to a new life, we're buried with Christ and then we arise to walk in newness of life. Some of that seed that was planted before tries to hang around and come back up. It's the nature of seed. I mean, I don't know how weeds grow in garden, but they find their way in there. I don't care how you know. And so what you and I have to do in our walk with God, there's time. Those things, when they come up, we've got to recognize them. And human nature wants to cover them up. Human nature says, oh, no, I, I've dealt with that and tries to put something over it or suppress it. Really, what we have to do is we got to go, no, I'm yanking that thing out. If I need to get somebody to come alongside me and help me to put hands on it, then we're going to get that thing out of the ground. We're going down to the root and we're digging it out. I'm not covering it up. So that's part of it. And then I got to start changing the seed I'm sowing. 
I got to start putting in different seed. I can't dig this root of something out that's there and then go back and start feeding the same stuff that caused that seed to get in my heart in the first place. Does that make sense? If I got the seed, I'm trying to think of something random here. If I got the seed of greed in my heart and I finally get it rooted out, I can't start going around trying to collect things again. Get rid of Fortune magazine. There you go. <laughs> Can't keep reading. What's that book? The Rob Report. About all. I got to get rid of that. I got to get that stuff out of my heart. And so then I got to change what's coming in. Where does seed get into my heart? Seed gets in my heart through my eyes, through my ears. Seed's getting in my heart. Many of you know how I feel about Facebook. There's just a lot of seed out there that sometimes you got to just. gets in and so the first thing I do when it crops up I got to root it out and then start planting right seed start planting right seed I can tell you the best place to start for good seed the word of the Lord the word of the Lord every parable of the sower the word of the Lord was likened unto seed You say, well, I can't find anything that relates to this stuff I'm trying to root out. That's okay. Just get the word in there. You get enough good seed in the ground, it'll push out the bad seed. It'll make it easier to root out. Amen? Thank you, Brother John Stone, for the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight, for your openness to the word of God. Amen. Come Sunday morning prayerful and expecting. Amen. God bless you. Greet someone. Dismissed in the name of Jesus Christ. If you are a Sunday school teacher, I need to talk with you right here at the front very quickly, please. I will not take more than three minutes, I promise. If you're a Sunday school teacher,